Hello and welcome back to another episode with your chaotic witchy mama. I'm your host, Haley. Today we will be talking about how my witchcraft and pagan practices has shifted and changed over the course of the years. For nothing is stagnant and nothing stays the same. With that said, this is basically my story and how I got started with witchcraft and how it's morphed into other things or how it kind of started as other things, but then morphed into witchcraft. It's quite interesting. So for me, ultimately, it was about herbalism. I started looking into herbalism and herbal remedies and preventative measures and salves and all that, like healthcare, skincare, like homeopathic, herbal stuff. You know, basically just trying to get healthy, stay healthy all on my own with the power of me and the world around me and not the money and power of the doctors and pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> not that they don't have a time and place because, I mean, if I break a bone, you best believe I'm going to go see a doctor and be like, hey, I need a cast, please set this, you know. But in general, I personally don't want to take pills all day for the rest of my life for a symptom that isn't the root issue. So I started by looking into homeopathic and herbal cures and remedies. And I started to see how that historically tied into witchcraft and healers and wise men how they had all of these different names but ultimately came back to the spiritual and healing practices that work together which adds to yet another thing that I feel like I've already said quite a bit magical and mundane they are not separate I love combining magical and mundane things together. That's why I do my practice the way that I do. That's why it's morphed the way that it is morphed. Because I, when I first started, I was realizing that all of these spiritual properties, not all, but a lot of them, have literal, physical, healing properties. And a lot of them are scientifically proven. So stuff that's like, this is good for protection. Like, well, it literally helps your immune system and fights off bacterial. So it literally protects your physical body from illness. So why not use the same things to protect your mentality from energetic illnesses? So then after herbalism and all the herbal remedies and tinctures and salves and learning all about how to combine er herbs and plants from mundane to magical. That's really what I kind of was doing. I was just making the mundane stuff I was already using and already doing and being mindful about how magical it is 
and being mindful about its magical properties and actively choosing a specific tea due to its herbal properties instead of just because I like the taste of this one. You know, like I would choose my sage and echinacea flower tea when I need a little physical and spiritual protection because echinacea and sage both have anti fungal antimicrobial anti-inflammation type properties so it is good for your body it's good for your immune system and they both also have spiritual protection properties and then I would start drinking like my chamomile and lavender when I needed to chill the f out I needed to calm down if my anxiety was starting to hit if I was thirsty for something yummy and I didn't want coffee anymore you know chamomile and lavender are my non-caffeine teas like my favorite non-caffeinated tea chamomile and lavender I grow in my yard I grow the sage in my yard I grow the echinacea in my yard which is just another set of magical layers because I'm bonding with them as they grow I'm watering them and then like, you know, feeling them, helping them grow. And then they, in turn, help my soul. <laughs> they help me with my magical and mundane practices. They help me after I've helped them grow. So it's like a relationship. And ever since I started working with plants that I started growing, I also feel like the magic in my tea just hits harder. It hits differently, if that makes sense. Um, don't get me wrong, when I first started, I was all for just buying it. Just go buy some chamomile, go buy some mint. Oh, I grow mint too. Whew. Anyway, you know, just, just go buy the tea and it's fine. And it is, it really is. But for me personally, I love the bond, the relationship of give and take. And it's not just, I'm not just taking something that someone else dealt with or a mass factory dealt with. We did it together. We're doing it together. Like, we're friends. Is that weird? Whatever. I don't care. Witches, plant, specifically plant witches, herbal witches, kitchen witches. Y'all know. You know. Anyway, after getting into herbs and learning all about that and getting in a comfortable relationship and practice and doing all of the herbal witchy stuff, I then kind of shifted in to crystals and Reiki and rocks and um, sacred geometry, the tree of life, all of that kind of stuff was like my second stage of witchcraft for me anyway. I don't know if you guys think there's like stages or levels to it. I do, you know, I mean, you always see in here, baby witch, beginner witch. But I don't see enough about, like, the levels of witchcraft. You know, there's beginner witch, there's intermediate witch. And once you get to, like, intermediate witch is kind of where I think I'm at. I just, like, have a lot. I have a little bit of knowledge about a lot of things. But I am 
no expert witch at anything. There's no nothing that I am an expertise in. But that's the ADHD in me, I think, that kind of just makes me like a jack of all traits. I have this trait where I... I have this trait where I think I can do anything at least half decently. And if it's at least half decently, it's good enough. So, I don't know. I call it the good enough gene. And let's just say me and this good enough gene, <laughs> we get things done. Anyway, so after dealing with herbalism, I got super into crystals and Reiki and... I spent a tedious amount of time researching and writing down stuff about crystals. I then spent some money and bought like five pounds of raw crystals. And when I got it, I spent a bunch of time cleaning and organizing them all by color and size. And then I spent a bunch of time trying to identify them all. And then after identifying them all to the best of my ability, I spent a bunch of time researching the crystals that I've already researched. Like, again, to touch up on my knowledge. And then I started researching all these new ones that I thought I was coming across. And it was so much fun. Excuse me, I just realized that my voice sounds a little funny right now. I'm kind of losing my voice. I'm sorry. Um, please cope with me with that. But getting into, like, the crystals and the vibrations that they, you know, emit and what they're all associated with dug me, put me down, like, Reiki and chakras. And so then I'm down a path figuring out about Reiki and chakras and color magic and vibrational energy. And it was great. So then I was like stuck on crystals in Reiki for like a year. And I was practicing like energy manipulation tactics. So which I now looking back, I wish this was the first thing I started doing and not like the third thing I started doing. But like energy manipulation, you have to be able to focus and direct your energy and be able to draw upon the energy of the crystals that we're talking about and or the herbs that we're talking about right or the earth you know you go outside and put your feet down and you know the whole grounding meditation thing that everyone talks to you're supposed to not just like you know ground in the sense of oh my feet are on the ground so I'm grounding but you're supposed to also be able to pull energy up from the ground and push leftover energy back down into the ground and be able to like stabilize yourself and your energy so if you need more energy you can pull it up from earth and if you get too much and you know like you're rising your energy and you end up with too much energy you start feeling lightheaded and just kind of spacey you can push the energy back down and or out so I kind of want to just talk through my, how I started being able to like energy sense and manipulate the energy. So I would sit down and meditate and I hate the term visualization because it just, it didn't stick with me for a while. I don't know that I was visualizing and seeing in my mind's eye very well. I like the term imagine. So I was imagining that I could feel and sense the energy. I would imagine the energy moving 
through the soles of my feet, up my ankles, through my calves and knees and thighs, and then up my spine. And then I would feel it with my breath. Like I would take a breath in and at the same time, I'm imagining all of the energy flowing up through me to the top of my head. And then as I breathe down, I imagine energy coming from above the sun, air energy coming from up above, down through me and then back down into the ground. And I would keep practicing that. Every breath in, I would just feel, I should say not too, not just imagine, but I would feel the energy coming up and everyone feels it or senses it a little differently. For me, it's like a tingly type of sensation, <laughs> like electrical, like static electricity running through you, if that makes sense. That's how I kind of feel my energy and or energy around me. And then with that, I could then focus the energy. Um, then they say center, right? After you ground, you center. And my center is my heart, my chest. So you are pulling up the energy and then you center it. So then you have to try to focus the energy into your core, into either like where it feels comfortable to rest. Like I said, for me, it's my chest, it's my heart. I'm a heart filled person. You know, some people like it rests on their stomach and they can just feel like the ball of energy getting bigger in their stomach. For me, I breathe it into my chest and I hold it. I hold my breath. I hold the energy and then as I release it, I practice feeling and sending the energy and the sensations down my arms and or legs. And you can play with it. Sometimes just one arm down to your hand and then you can hold it in your hand. And then once you can, once you're getting good at holding a ball of energy in your hand, then you start getting good at charging items around you. And that's how everything works in the long run is being able to direct and focus your energy and the energy of which that you are collecting from the earth and or the crystals and the herbs and all that fun jazz of what correlates with whatever it is you're trying to do with your energy and your magical practices. This one is actually one that I'm currently working on with my kids. I'm trying to teach my kids to be able to sense and feel their own energy because I want them to realize what is theirs and what is not because I can already tell that I'm raising at least one of my three is definitely an empath and she can feel the energy around her and she acts out <laughs> the energy that she's feeling around her and I'm trying really hard to work on breath work and sensory calming things with me and my kids right now because you know feeling energy is hard when it's not yours and you don't know how to separate them especially when you're young and kids kids are prone to their parents energies so 
whether we voice it or not, they know if we're having a bad day. And then they have a bad day, too. And as much as we try to protect our kids from our own bad days and our own bad energies, we also just kind of have to give them the tools to learn how to protect themselves from their surroundings as well. My daughter, the one who is energy-sensing prone, is also really pretty good at stopping and saying just take a breath now like she's getting good at understanding you just you're starting to get overwhelmed you need to take a few breaths let's let's practice you know in through your nose out through your mouth and then you do it super like exaggerated and fun with the kids you know i always make super squishy faces and exaggerate my nose when I breathe in and through my nose. And I always stick my lips out super far and push my breath out really hard with my mouth to exaggerate that. To just kind of make it fun. And, you know, if you're trying to take those breaths, especially for kids, it's if you make it fun, it's easier to get them to do it. Because sit down and take a breath. Just take a breath. Like, it doesn't work like that for kids. They don't. You can't just tell your kids to go take a breath. So I enact it out for them. And sometimes they join me. Sometimes they don't. But either way, they're seeing me act the way that I am hoping for them to start acting. And like I said, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, fine. Whatever. It, it, nobody's perfect. It doesn't always have to work. But on those times that it does work, it is so rewarding to see your littles stopping themselves from having a fit to sit down and take a few deep breaths. It is so rewarding. So then last, we are basically where I'm at now, where my practice is mostly DIY crafty stuff for the house, for me, for the kids. So I hand make a lot of my cleaning products, my laundry soap, my dish soap, my shampoo, my kids' shampoos, the body wash. I hand make the diaper rash cream for the kids' butts. I hand make, um, I've hand made antifungal cream that has worked on like those toe fungus infections. Like I've gotten rid of toe fungus with my antifungal and ringworm with the antifungal. <laughs> I've never seen a diaper rash I couldn't get rid of with my own personal homemade diaper rash cream. And with that said, and all the magic and the energy sensing that I was just talking about and knowing about the herbs and the crystals, and I incorporate all of this into what I'm making. Um, I make a lot of spell oils that I use in these ingredients I also just think of the healing and protection properties of the ingredients while I'm putting them together as well as what I want them to do. So, you know, as I'm mixing up my homemade antifungal cream for the family, I'm thanking it. I use gratitude and my own personal energy. I'm thanking it for the healing properties and I'm focusing the energy of I am healed into it. I am healthy into it. Like say if when I was making eucalyptus oil, I would focus on being protected and healthy while I'm using the eucalyptus and putting it in the oil. Or while I'm putting the oil over the eucalyptus, I should say. 
And like if I'm using um, like chamomile and lavender, I would think about the calming effects that I want them to be imbued into the oils. You know, like if I'm using chamomile and lavender, I say, you know, thank you for helping me calm down. Thank you for resetting. Thank you for your calming, gentle energies. And everything I just said, you know, like the words that I use, that's not always true. Um, I make it up as I go. Some people have written spells. I have a few written spells that I actually really like to use. But when I'm like hand making stuff, I don't have anything that I like specifically say. I just kind of feel the energy and focus it all into what I'm trying to do, if that makes sense. Then the oil sits for eight weeks. Um... You shake it up every day. Every day as you shake up your oil, you focus some energy, some magic into that oil. Whatever the oil is, whatever your purpose for that particular oil is. Like I said, my eucalyptus is my healing oil. My lavender is my calming and hair growth oil. My chamomile oil is also calming and that's like my reset spell oil. Um, so is eucalyptus. Listen, y'all, I don't know if you know this, but eucalyptus is like my favorite scent in the whole world. And I have a eucalyptus tree. <laughs> so in the winter, it sits in my office by my desk and all my witchy stuff. And in the summer, it's outside. Uh, it sits outside because it's, it's tropical, but it can't live out there in the winter. So it comes in and I get to hang out with it and I love it. But eucalyptus is like my favorite smell in the whole world. I don't know why that matters. I just wanted to give you that tidbit of information. <laughs> um, I use clove oil a lot, actually, which is basically just cloves and olive oil that I mixed and let sit for eight weeks. Like I just said, you shake it up. That I use mostly for teething for my kids. Clove oil is really good for oral hygiene. It has a really, really strong numbing effect. If you didn't know, y'all need to get some cloves in your oral hygiene like if you have a toothache you can just like take a couple little pieces of clove and chew on them and your whole mouth will instantly be numb like like the oral gel effect except it's natural and good for you so anyway I use this clove oil and it's in a little dropper and I give it to my kids when I think their teeth are hurting or I give it to them that's my first line of defense for if they're running a temperature or a fever, because I don't believe in Tylenol. I don't give my kids Tylenol. They maybe had Tylenol like two or three times in their whole life. And um, my youngest has never had Tylenol yet. No, we had Motrin a couple times, but definitely no Tylenol. Even the Motrin's rare. We, we tell them that it's mommy's medicine. We say, here, you want some mommy's medicine and or clove oil? My daughter understands what clove oil is, but when we first started introducing it, it was mommy's medicine. Mommy made this medicine. You want some mommy's medicine? And of course they do. They love anything that I made and that daddy made. For some reason, we say mommy made it, daddy made it, or, or grandma. They love their grandma. Grandma did it. Grandma brought it over, and they're instantly like, oh, okay. That's how you convince kids to do what, you know, take medicines, you know. For us, mommy made it, grandma did it, grandma brought it over, ooh, and they're like, grandma, okay, you know, like, mommy's medicine, okay, I don't know, but that's a lot of what I do now, I am, um, sort of like a hearth witch, earth witch these days, you know, hearthcraft, where most of my practice is home-based, I 
do a lot of protection spells and wards for my house, for my kids, a lot of preventative things, and all the DIY stuff because, you know, reuse, recycle every single thing that you can and figure out a way to use it. We use orange peels and water to make basically this super good smelling orange, um, like vinegar type base thing. You use the orange peels, the water and sugar. I forgot to say that sugar. And then like the sugar eats the yeast and then it starts to like ferment and then it's basically vinegar. So it's like orange vinegar, like kind of like apple cider vinegar. If you, everyone knows what apple cider vinegar is, right? So it's basically the same thing, except with orange scraps instead of apple scraps. We've made homemade apple cider vinegar too, by the way, bomb stuff. So that's a huge part of what I do now is just DIY everything. Add some love and intentions and or protections to whatever it is that I'm doing. And I always, always, always try to go back to the basics of energy work and energy manipulation because like I said at one point earlier, I wish that that's what I had started with. There was a couple years where I did lots of spells that I don't think were done very well. My intentions were there, but I wasn't good at the actual energy sensing and energy um, directing and all of that. So, I mean, it was all trial and error. Now I know better. Now I can feel and understand the difference. And that's something that I very strongly encourage anybody who has never really done like energy work, look into specifically energy work, how to sense energy, how to feel energy, how to direct energy. It is, at least in my opinion, for me in my practice, one of the most important things. And it's like the most basic thing. It's the first thing you should know. But it's also, it comes naturally to some people, but for me, it was kind of hard <laughs> at first. So, yeah, it's just practice, just like everything. It's a practice, and you got to keep practicing to get good at it. It could be trial and error, but whatever you do, just do what feels right and keep doing it. And I think that's all I got for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I had a blast. You can find me on TikTok and YouTube at The Chaotic Witchy Mama. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the chaotic witchy mama, and you can also email me at the chaotic witchy mama at gmail.com. I am open to episode ideas and or stories or any information or suggestions. If you've got any type of constructive criticism, I am down for all of that. But with that said, if you do have criticism, I said constructive. Y'all got to be nice. Don't come at me with, well, you suck at this because blah, no, no. It's got to be, well, you know, uh, if I, when I do things like this, it works for me um, and or you said something wrong, but just be nice about it. If that's ever the case, you know, I'm open to the criticism, but you got to be nice. Can't be rude. All right. Well, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time. Thank you.